Amen. Hallelujah. Well, as I said, I've been in the book of Luke um, oh, since December and enjoying it so much. I've been reading it um, a lot in the Passion Translation. Who's got a Passion trans copy of the Passion Translation? It's good stuff. I'm enjoying it. I read lots of different translations, but uh, at the moment I'm really enjoying that. I love the footnotes, which is exciting. And I've been encouraging all of our team to be journaling every day, just jotting down maybe what they've read or something the Holy Spirit's revealed to them, shown to them. And what it's doing is it's really helping us just discipline ourselves to receive what God wants to give us every day, daily bread. Imagine having at the end of the year a little book of things that the Lord himself has spoken to you every day. To me, it becomes priceless. I sometimes take my old journals with me when I travel just to look it up and get encouraged because the Lord wants us to, to go and get from Him what He wants to give every day. He wants us to receive from Him and He's got something special for us. So I, I really do encourage you uh, to be tr making a very deliberate effort, even if you're not a normal journaler. What it does for me is it, is it helps me keep myself accountable. That I've every day got a little uh, date and I've written something down and it's me sitting down with the Lord, talking to Him, reading the Bible, talking to Him, hearing His voice. I might write down a dream or I might write down a testimony of something He's done or what, what He's showing me in His Word. But every day, just a little something. Even if it's 10 minutes a day, it's better than four hours one day and nothing for five days. You're really quiet. Amen. That's right, class. Yes, yes, yes. So I, I would encourage you, um, even if you've never done it before, it's, it's a challenge to do it every day. But when you do it every day consistently, you'll begin to realize this is where my strength comes from. Hallelujah. As I wait upon the Lord. Who's been journaling already this year on a daily basis? <laughs> I challenge you. I challenge you. I'm, gonna challenge, I'm challenging my staff. Come on, let's every day. Doesn't have, it only has to be one line if you want to, but normally if you start, it ends up being a lot more than that. But I, I really do encourage you just to make an appointment with God every single day. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. I say it because I love you and I know what's good for you. Hallelujah. <laughs> hey, Dylan, how you doing? Awesome. <laughs> I gave Dylan a journal for Christmas. Someone gave me a journal, a, an anonymous person, and it's really beautiful. Whoever you were, thank you. It's beautiful. Appreciate that. <laughs> Joel, you did that. I don't think you did, actually. But <laughs> I know your handwriting, and it wasn't your handwriting, but praise the Lord. We're going to talk about temptation. <laughs> Chapter 4, if you've got your Bibles, can you turn there with me? Tom and I and the, the kids have just been on a family holiday for seven days. It was so good. Thank you, Jesus. I am very blessed. And um, what a wonderful time just to be able to be alone with family. It was really, really beautiful. But as I started to slow down, it was good to be able to just hear the voice of the Lord, hear him speaking to me. And I started to get some new ideas and thoughts about my, the books that I, I feel the Lord uh, prompting me to write. And 
I'm really feeling, as well as doing a, a devotional, feeling to write a book on freedom. And so I was processing with the Lord, what does freedom look like? I want to be free and I want to help people be free in every area of their lives. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Hallelujah. Stand firm then in the freedom is what we're instructed to do. So I want to write a book about how to practically do that, how to practically stand in your freedom, practically walk free, free from guilt and shame and condemnation and fear and heaviness and anxiety, worry. But I thought about it for a while. I thought about you know, condemnation and guilt, something that seems to be a constant battle because the enemy knows that if he can get you feeling ashamed or guilty, the natural response is then to hide yourself from God. And so he works very hard at that. It also, he also tries to undermine your identity with guilt and shame and condemnation because he's terrified of you actually being the just who live by faith, terrified of you being the righteousness of God and recognizing it and actually applying faith to that. And so it's one of his main weapons. But I was thinking about it and thinking, well, you know, that day I, like, I feel like I've got a little bit of guilt and condemnation, but there's nothing, there's no reason for that really. Is there in the, I think I've confessed everything I can think of. Um, I'm, you know, have I partnered with sin? God, I don't think I have. Um, I, ha I don't think I've deliberately partnered with temptation. And I, I thought about it a bit and I thought, well, let's look up sin in the New Testament. And sin in the New Testament is actually defined as missing the mark. I thought, oh, well, actually then perhaps I have. I've, maybe I wasn't as kind as I could have been at dinner last night. Maybe I wasn't as patient as I could have been. I was a bit patient or a bit kind, but I wasn't. And then I thought, oh, that's heavy, God. That's like, you know, that's like the law. But the, the wonderful good news of the gospel is that Christ has come to set us free. I'll jump down and we'll come back to Luke 4, but I'm going to have a look at Hebrews 7, 11. It says this, Therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there? That is not. I'm going to start again so you listen. Are you listening? Therefore, if perfection were through the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be called according to the order of Aaron? In the Passion Translation, it says it like this. If any of the, Levit the Levit Levitical priests who served under the law had the power to bring us into perfection, then why did God send Christ as priest after the likeness of Melchizedek? He should have said after the likeness of Aaron. Melchizedek actually means, his name means king of righteousness. It's very clear that nobody could achieve perfection under the law. So this mark, and if you think about the New Testament, Jesus came to fulfill the law and he actually raised the bar even higher so not only was it unattainable in, under the law, but then he raised the bar even higher. And it's like, oh God, how can we ever achieve walking in holiness and righteousness and perfection? And if, we are, if we're thinking like that, then our consciences are always going to be bruised because we're always thinking, well, I don't know if I was as generous as I could have been or as patient as I could have been. Oh God, I'm never making the mark. But praise the Lord, I've got some really good news for you. 
Are you excited about the good news? The good news is that while the law couldn't bring perfection, Christ did. He made a way where people could not measure up to the mark. He made a way where you would no longer have to try to get there, but He would bring you into Himself. You would be crucified with Him, raised up with Him, seated with Him, and now He would give you His righteousness and the power to walk as He is, who is perfectly holy, righteous, and, and pure in the earth like Him. It's, a, it's an invitation and the Bible tells us we are the righteousness of God in Christ. Hallelujah. No longer we who lives, but Christ who lives in us. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ who lives in me. Hallelujah. Well, this is something we can know about. But as I was thinking about this, I thought, the just who live by faith, really, I need to have something to aim my faith at. I need to be able to know what it is I'm aiming my faith at. What does righteousness, holiness look like so that I can by faith live like that? Well, God is described when love is described. It says love is patient, love is kind. Long-suffering keeps no record of wrongs. God is love. So this is who he is. He is kindness perfected. He is perfectly kind. He is perfectly patient. So this is the mark and this is what I've been brought into through Christ. So when I get up in the morning and expect to walk by faith in his righteousness, I need to be thinking about the fact oh, he has given me a superpower of being able to walk in perfect kindness today. I'm not someone who's going to try and get there and try and exercise kindness. I actually have been given the fruits of the Spirit. I've been given the nature of Christ, the righteousness of God in Christ. And now I'm going to be the righteousness of God. I'm going to walk by faith as the righteous, as the just. I'm going to thank you, Father. And I got excited about it. I thought, wow, I today, instead of trying to be kind, I can step into this superpower of perfect kindness by faith. That's what walking by faith as the just looks like. Instead of thinking, well, I've got a bit of this and I've got a bit of that, God wants us to, to recognize he's raised the bar so that we cannot do it in our own strength, but that we would step into the supernatural power of righteousness. The supernatural freedom of being able to walk as he is, free from sin, hallelujah, and walking not as a bit better, but as someone who is supernaturally righteous, living as righteousness by faith. It's very exciting. And it's very different to being a good person. This is a supernatural thing. It's like walking on water. You can't do it in the natural. It's God who wants to give you the power and he's making it available for you every day. I often talk about James chapter one. If anyone's a hearer of the word and not a doer, it's because he's like a man who looked in the mirror and then walked away and forgot what he looked like. We need to look in the mirror of his word, the mirror of his face, and remember what we look like so that we can be perfect as he is perfect, so that we can be righteous as he is righteous. Hallelujah. This is our invitation and God's asking us to supernaturally 
walk into it, to step in by faith into the righteousness of God. As I did this, I just began, I started with kindness. I went, God, I want to walk in perfect kindness. What today would that look like if I'm perfectly manifesting the kindness of Christ? Is it possible? In Christ, all things are possible. Hallelujah. This is an invitation that we have. I'm not suggesting that I never, I never miss the mark or never um, don't make it. In fact, I'm often, often failing. But this revelation empowers me to realize, praise God, I'm not defined as somebody who operates at this level because I haven't been doing as well as I could have. I'm actually forgetting that I'm not even on the ladder. I'm seated up above with him and I'm a new creation. Hallelujah. Good stuff, Jesus. Luke 4, we'll go back there. So we know this good stuff, right? And then we operate in it by faith. Today, I'm going to remind myself of what I look like. I'm going to walk by faith in the righteousness of God. I think we've undermined and underestimated what that means, what that righteousness means. It's supernatural. As I said, it's not us being good people. This is a supernatural lifestyle of walking in in righteousness. Hallelujah. But then temptation will still come because it came for Jesus. But the good news is that God always makes a way of escape. Hallelujah. I want to read to you um, Luke 4. I'm going to read it in the Passion Translation just because it's good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let me find this. Verse 1. From the moment of his baptism, Jesus was overflowing with the Holy Spirit. That means I can be overflowing with the Holy Spirit. He was take. Remember, the Word of God is a mirror, not a measure. Everything you read is an invitation for you. A description of your new identity. From the moment of his baptism, Jesus was overflowing with the Holy Spirit. He was taken by the Spirit from the Jordan into the lonely wilderness of Judea to experience the ordeal of testing by the accuser for 40 days. He ate no food during this time and ended his fast very hungry. It was then that the devil said to him, If you're really the Son of God, command this stone to turn into a loaf of bread for you. Jesus replied, I will not, for it is written in the scriptures, life does not come only from eating bread, but from God. Life flows from every revelation from his mouth. Hallelujah. I love this. As I've been studying um, the temptations of Christ, I got very excited when I realized that as Jesus had said no to this particular temptation, God had in mind something so much better. He would become himself the living bread. He would turn our stony hearts into living bread that would feed the nations. He would turn people, many, many people who would come as his body. We would become the bread of life for many people because he is our head. We are his body. We would, he would see many, many, many more stones turned into bread. Hallelujah. Living stones turned into bread. And 
What excited me is that there is double recompense for every temptation you go through. Every time you say no to a temptation, it's because God has got something much better in that very same area for you. It's a promise He has for you. Look at it. We'll keep, we'll keep going. You can see it with the next one as well. Verse 5, the devil lifted Jesus high into the sky and in a flash showed him all the kingdoms and regions of the world. Then the devil said to Jesus, all of this with all its power, authority and splendor is mine to give to whomever I wish. Just do one thing and you'll have it all. Simply bow down and worship me and it will be yours. You'll possess everything. Jesus rebuked him and said, Satan, get behind me, for it is written in the scriptures, only one is worthy of your adoration. You will worship before the Lord your God and love him supremely. So here he was. He was being lifted up and offered all the kingdoms of the world if he'd just bow down and uh, worship the devil. But even as he said no, resisted the devil, told him to get away, get behind him, um, God had in mind that Jesus would be lifted up and that he would draw them all to himself, that Jesus would be supernaturally given the, the all authority, not only of all the kingdoms of the earth, but in heaven and over hell, that he would have authority, the keys of the kingdom, the keys of death and Hades. Hallelujah. God had something much better than what the enemy was offering. Every time you go through a temptation, God is set there cheering you on, saying, I've made a way of escape for you. Don't even listen to him. I've got something doubly, doubly good for you. Look at the next one. Next, the devil took Jesus to Jerusalem and set him on the highest point of the temple and tempted him there, saying, if you're really the son of God, he kept going after his in in identity. If you're really the son of God, jump down in front of all the people. For it's written in the scriptures, God has given his angels instructions to protect you from harm. For the hands of angels will hold you up and keep you from hurting even one foot on a stone. Jesus replied, it is also written in the scriptures, how dare you provoke the Lord your God. He was being tempted uh, to show off the, the supernatural power of God. And uh, for his own benefit. But God had something so much better planned. Jesus would be walking through walls. He'd be walking through crowds. He'd be supernaturally lifted up before the disciples' eyes and taken up into heaven uh, as, he, as he ascended. There were so many more signs and wonders and miracles that would be demonstrated through him if he would just say no to this one. Every time the enemy tempts you, you can get excited and go... God's got something really good for me in this area. Hallelujah. He's got something really good for me in that area. Hallelujah. No matter what it is, God has a better plan. His ways are higher. His ways are greater. Amen. So no matter what you're walking through, God is making a way. He's holding your hand and wanting to help you step into the supernatural life of walking as the righteousness of God by faith. We still have to walk humbly, of course, before him. And, but we, we need to step in by faith into this superpower that he's given us so that we can begin to really let his name be lifted up. 
so that people can see him. I, the, the first day that I really started by faith stepping into this kindness, I enjoyed my day so much just serving my family and loving people. And at just I could feel supernatural kindness coming out of me and motivation and ideas of how to be kind that I'd never even considered before. And it wasn't a work thing where I'm trying to be kind. I'm looking, I, I, I could have been kind to my neighbours, but I did. it wasn't anything like that. I, I wasn't compelled to do everything. I was compelled just to live in that beautiful space of supernatural power that whatever the Lord showed me, whatever my hand found to do, I would do it with His kindness, with His love. You see, the law would make you feel like it's never enough. You'll never measure up. Well, you, you had a couple, of, a couple of hours where you weren't reaching out to somebody. There's always something more. But that's not what righteousness is. Righteousness is something you step into by faith and then manifest as the Holy Spirit leads you. There was a lot of sick people in Jesus' day and he didn't heal everybody that was sick in the country, but he healed everyone who came to him. You don't have to get caught into the idea, well, I'm never going to be good enough because I'm not doing everything that could be done. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father doing. And he loves you. He wants you to have a balanced, healthy life. He does. He wants you to be having a time with him, being renewed, being strengthened. He wants you to live, he wants you to live a life that's prosperous and full of hope. He says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. He says, I, I wish that, I, I pray that you would um, prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. This is the will of God for us. He's not looking for us to get on a treadmill of trying to be perfect, trying to be good enough. He wants you to step into the reality that he's made you like that. He's qualified you. He's made the crooked places straight and the rough places straight. He has uh, gone before us to smooth the rough places out because the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ has not come to make us good people. It has come to make us new people. It's come to make us as he is now. Hallelujah. That is an incredible privilege and a delightful invitation. For me, it's a developing revelation of what being the just who live by faith really looks like. I don't want to just live by a concept. I want to step into a supernatural power that's available to me every day to walk in holiness, to walk in righteousness in every area of my life with a delight and a joy. Woohoo! I get to be. I don't have to try. I just by faith step into the patience of Christ. I step into the kindness of Christ, into the love of God. When people see me, I, I tell myself, I remind myself, when people see me, they're gonna see you. When they look into my eyes, they're gonna feel the overwhelming overflow of the Holy Spirit revealing the love of Christ to them. Hallelujah. To me, it's an exciting invitation. And I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to encourage you. There's a lot of people that have been very beaten up by the enemy trying to tell you you're not good enough, you're not doing well enough, you could have done harder, you could have tried harder, you could have done better. God wants you to stop beating up on yourself. If you beat up on yourself, you're going to beat up on others. 
Because of the measure that you use, <laughs> you see, as you, we're called to love one another as we love ourselves. If we're beating up on ourselves all the time, we're going to beat everybody else up. But if we step into his kindness, step into his love, step into his mercy and agree with him about what he's saying about us, then we can start treating other people the same way that he treats us. Hallelujah. This is such an important revelation. As you step into righteousness, you'll begin to look at people and instead of judging them, instead of pointing the finger, you'll step into that perfect love that <laughs> believes the best. Hallelujah. That perfect love that never fails, that keeps no record of wrongs, that always hopes, always believes. Hallelujah. You'll be people want other people want to be around. So praise God, this incredible gift we've been given. It comes with persecutions, but praise the Lord, He's with us in that too. Hallelujah. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. <laughs> that was bread for me today, that song. So thank you, Aaron, just slipping it in there for me. Just so wonderful. I was singing that personally in my, in my prayer time today because I, I see you know, the, the enemy trying to bring attacks from many different sides and then I can stop and go, mm, thank you, Lord. I can snuggle into you and say, thank you, Lord. Many more are for me than are against me. Thank you, Father. Who can be against me because you are with me? Hallelujah. I want to pray for you today and then we're going to take communion together. Father, we say thank you for your word. It is so practical and it's so applicable. And Lord, you are so willing to help us. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your wisdom. We, we want to respond to wisdom's invitation. Teach us your ways. Lord, show us your paths. Guide us in the way everlasting. Lord, we trust in you. We lean into you and we say thank you that it's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. Thank you, we've been set free from sin, from guilt, from shame, from condemnation, that we are now the righteousness of God in Christ. And Lord, I thank you. I ask Holy Spirit, help us now as we awake to righteousness to sin not. Lord, to walk in the holiness that you delight to have us in. Lord, I ask that you would lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. And God, I thank you that you make a way of escape for us in everything. So Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see. In Jesus' name, everybody said.